I have a life motto, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, buddy and I in, co- in college kind of coined this together, um, and it was it was started around just working out, mm-hmm. and it morphed into everything, mm-hmm. uh, and that was just there's nothing to it but to do it. I've been like struggling with this a lot um, because people are like, "Oh, you're so lucky, you have a book," and "Oh, you're so lucky," and I'm like, you know, I don't I don't feel lucky. of the Wichita Life Podcast. My name is Landon. Our guest today is Shelby Grosh. Shelby is the author of the book Young, Dumb, and Not Broke, as well as the blog with the same name. We talk about how Shelby got started writing about finance and everything else that goes along with that and starting a side hustle. Enjoy my conversation with Shelby Grosh. All right, I'm here with Shelby Grosh. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Newton, Kansas. Uh, I moved to Wichita uh, when I was 18 to attend Wichita State, mm-hmm. where I got my bachelor's degree in finance, and you know now I'm here. So perfect. Alrighty, and what do you do now? Are you what are you where are you working at? So I am an electrician in town. Um, my career path kind of changed mm-hmm. as I got out of college, and now I'm working on the new baseball stadium downtown. So awesome. Kinda, and so tell me a little bit about that change. I, I think I read on your blog that you started out in the corporate world and then now you're doing something different. Yeah, so uh, the corporate world is probably one of my biggest failures, to be honest. Yeah. It uh, set the tone of, you know, really understanding you need to look out for yourself and do things for yourself. And right. uh, I kind of like to think of the phrase that Fred Van Vliet has keyed of, you know, bet on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it kind of did that, and it, it changed my career path. Um, it made me realize I need to think about things differently and not rely on mm-hmm. someone else to control my life. So. Right. Oh, for sure. I think a lot of people don't take that into account. They like working for a bigger company because it might be safe or something, but it – it might. I mean, if the business, if the business need or the business want is to downsize or whatever else, they're going to do what's best for the business. You need to do what's best for yourself. Oh yeah, absolutely understand. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, I have a bunch of friends. You know, that work corporate. Uh-huh. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, I just realized that, you know, from my past work in high school where I worked as a farmhand, that I liked working with my hands a lot yeah, more sure. uh, than sitting behind the desk. So yeah, definitely. Okay, so, um, I mean, the reason we're here is Young, Dumb, and Not Broke. So you wrote a book. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, I did write a book, I guess. Um, it's kind of weird how it all came mm-hmm. about. I, I never really had the intention to write a book. Um, and to be, to be honest, I, I got bored. Yeah. Uh, and most people, when they get bored, they don't write books. <laughs> but uh, That'd be the opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's just kind of what happened out of, you know, the whole... I was living in Georgia at the time, okay. uh, and I would come home from work, and you know I would do the normal stuff of eat dinner and watch Netflix and hang out with my roommate, and then you know I just would be bored. Yeah, so. I understand that for sure. Yeah, I mean that's I mean kind of how the podcast are. It's just like, what is something else I could do? I mean I've got some free time, so yeah, do something creative, kind of an outlet. Yeah, it's definitely something that to push yourself too. Right. Um, 
I mean, you started Wichita Life, and I, I don't think you really thought it would turn into a podcast immediately. No. When <laughs> no. you started it, but it's something that you're, you know, I'm not a great writer. I, I don't think I am still yet. I think I'm getting better. When you probably started out, you probably weren't a great podcaster. Still not, but still he's making better, progress. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. So that's that's really the challenge it was for me. Right, and so it started. Was the book first or the blog first? So the book was first. Um, I actually had a roommate, my first roommate in Georgia, who had wrote an ebook. Okay. Um, and it was kind of around you know retiring early. Okay. Uh, it was short so, short thing, and I, I read it. And I liked it, and you know, I was like, man, I have some ideas that could jump off of this, um, and that's that's really where it started. So it started with the book. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think before that point that you would write a book? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. So a really funny story. Um, when I was doing all this and I was compiling this this book together, uh, I was on the road with my parents to Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, uh, I have something to tell you guys. And they were looked very nervous, and I was like, <laughs> what would you think if I wrote a book? And uh, my dad just straight up laughed, like hysterically laughing. Uh, I took no offense to it, so he's, he's a great guy. I took no <laughs> offense to it. And I would laugh, too, if someone said that, to be honest. Uh, but he laughed. So, yeah, it it's never was a plan, never something I thought I would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it happened. All right. So you just started writing. Did you have like an outline in your mind first? Or did you just start writing and then kind of format it and shuffle it around later? Yeah. So essentially that um, it started out as like a bunch of kind of like blog posts, yeah. really, mm-hmm. about all kinds of different topics. And then I started compiling it together. And the next thing I knew, I had like over 250 pages wow. of material. So the actual book turned out to be 88 pages. Um, mm-hmm. And that was because some of the feedback I got was, it was too complicated, yeah. too in-depth, and it got boring. So I cut out over 150 pages, which I still have saved. Yeah, um, blog post for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, book number two maybe. But yeah. no, it, it, it definitely uh, morphed into something that I didn't think it would be. Yeah. What was the hardest part about writing it? Um, probably just doing it and compiling it together. Yeah. I, my grammar and writing is not top-notch. I know it's not, and that was kind of – the focus of the book, too, was to put these financial, personal finance things into more mm-hmm. simple terms. Absolutely. Um, for anyone to understand. So that was where it kind of started. Um, yeah. I think it's a really great place to start. I was talking to some people at work today. Um, this is something I think, like, everybody that comes out of high school and especially, like, fresh in college or fresh out of college needs to read. Yeah, yeah. Everyone complains about, you know, I learned – uh, Pythagorean's theorem and all these things right, in right. high school, but I never learned how to balance a checkbook, which you shouldn't have to do anymore. Right. But these simple things of like, you know, I don't know how to file my taxes yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, so that was kind of the, the, the idea behind this was to fill that void. Yeah. Because um, I listen to, or I have in the past, a lot of finance podcasts. I've read a lot of different blogs and yep. kind of the fire stuff. I've read some of that. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is just like a good one-stop shop that I think people would yep. get a lot of value out of. Yep. And that was the whole point of was to make it easy enough to read in like two or three days and yeah just you have base knowledge on everything right so how does the publishing work so do you compile this in word is there a different software you write the book in and then yeah so i i wrote it all in word mm-hmm. um word and google docs uh, and then i formatted it and you know sent it off to have someone edit it and got it back mm-hmm. and that was basically it um from there i hired a freelancer to design the cover mm-hmm. it was like 90 dollars 
and nice. they gave me unlimited revisions. How'd you fight? Was it one of like Fiverr yeah. or one of those? I think it was on Fiverr actually. Yeah, yeah. great. It was very cool. That's awesome. And uh, the first rendition of the cover was incredibly <laughs> ugly. Yeah. Um, but we went back and forth probably like five or six times, and I'm really happy with what came out. Did it. you give them the base idea of it, or did they just you just gave them free reign at first? I told them I wanted blues and whites, yeah. and that was basically it. Um, you know, I, I gave him the premise of the book and what I wanted on the cover and the mm-hmm. back, and that was it. And he ran with it, and the guy did a great job. Yeah, I think it looks um, great. Yeah, he did it in, like, three days. And, yeah, so it was it, cool. It looks professional, and the name alone, I mean, the name is great. So. Yeah, yeah. And that was uh, me. That was, you know, that was figured out between text messages between me and a buddy. Yeah. I was just sending him ideas back mm-hmm. and forth, and he was like, that's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. Right. So it kind of landed on that. But after that, uh, Amazon, if you didn't know, Amazon's mm-hmm super easy to self-publish on uh, you literally upload a word document and the file for the cover and it does all the rest wow so you set you know price you set everything right and it tells you exactly what's going to happen and when and so you don't have to if you're an author you don't have to buy a bunch of copies that's awesome yeah so is it print on demand then i yes that's really cool so i listened to the rolf podcast yeah yeah and I was wondering, you know, when he did that, that was probably 15 years ago when he wrote his uh, book. I think at it least. was like probably 20. It was probably mid to late 90s. So, yeah. I, you know, I was super curious. Like, did he have to buy like 500 copies minimum to do that? Or how did, I mean, because if I would have had to do that, I probably would have bought like 50 copies and mm-hmm. then just stopped. Uh, and then your printing cost obviously would go right. up oh, for yeah. each one after that. So, uh, having it on demand is a super, lot easier super nowadays. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, were you surprised by, like, the feedback or, I mean, sales? Like, if I wrote a book and I got one sale, I'd be ecstatic. So Yeah, that, I was super pumped because um, you can see live analytics on mm-hmm. everything on Amazon. And when I saw, like, the first five sales come through, I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. Nice. And, you know, it was never about the money. Right. Like, the book is priced super cheap. I think it's six ninety nine right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon makes their cut. That's why they're the biggest right. company in the world. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you could see it and, and – the first week, I think, like 30 books. The next week, 20. Obviously, it's tapered down, but I think I'm closing on 250. Okay, I was going to ask. Now. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah, it, it's cool. It is really cool. And it's it's cool, but it's also kind of awkward. You know, when I'll go visit friends uh, in Kansas City last weekend, <laughs> and you know, everyone's having a great time. Like, hey, will you sign this book? And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> that makes me a little uncomfortable still. Like, I, no, I'm not, I'm not an author. I just right, put out a right. book. Yeah, so I feel the same way when people bring up the podcast. I'm like, yeah, I do a podcast, and I don't really like. I'm proud of it, yeah, and I'm excited about it, but I'm just like, I don't know, I don't like to be the center of attention. So yeah, no, me neither. Definitely don't want don't want to be known as an author. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be known more as the guy that's helping people with personal finance, right? And I I don't think you probably want to be known as a podcast guy. Right, right. You want to be known more. I'm assuming probably as a yeah. guy that wants to connect people with Wichita Absolutely, yeah. and you know, what's really important about Wichita, what's cool about Wichita. For so sure. Yeah, definitely. That is definitely where I'm going with it. Cool, man. That's awesome. So, um, the blog, uh, can you just talk about a little bit how that branched off? How long after the book did you start the blog? So I published the book December of 2017 and then July of 2018, I started the blog, the website, uh, okay surrounding the book to kind of just branch off of more material. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it just started out as people asking questions. I'm like, you know, I can just put out yeah. an article about this to help a lot of people at once. So that's really where it started. And it's, it's morphing um, a ton. The feedback I got when I still said I was going to start a blog was like, 
people are laughing, you know. It's 2019. Yeah, how many, you know, how many blogs there are, you know, how many, all these things there are. I'm sure you've probably gotten some of the mm-hmm. same, you oh, know how yeah. many podcasts there are, you right. know, and, you know, I didn't really, I didn't care, right, because um, I wasn't doing it for the money, you know, I wasn't exactly. reliant on it. Uh, it was just a way to express something that I care about, uh, which is super nerdy, I get it. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, personal finance is cool to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I listen to a lot of personal finance and that kind of podcast. So, I mean, it's I think it's really interesting and same type of thing. Like, I don't expect to make any money from the podcast. If I do, great. Yeah. But, like, I have have 11 podcasts now, and it's like I've met a handful of 5, 10, like, awesome people. Yeah. And it's like, if that's all I get out of this, this is great. And, yeah, but you'll you know, be friends with them for a long exactly. time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very different. Very different. Yeah, definitely. So what's the long-term vision or goal? What are some of your goals or long-term vision for the blog? Oof. So I have some I have some publicized long-term goals, and then I have some internal ones that yeah. are uh, a little more far-fetched yeah. than people may think are uh, achievable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I really want to get page views per month up. Yeah. That's really kind of the measurement in the website world is yeah. page views. And right now I'm sitting at about 1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of the year, I want to be around 5,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be done through a bunch of different things, uh, mostly putting out more content right. that people search uh, on Google. So that's that's the most public goal I have. Um, I also have some private goals. You know, I, I do think there's an opportunity to monetize mm-hmm. uh, certain aspects uh, that I really am going to look into as the year goes on, but I need to focus more on the page views first. Right. So. Um, have you advertised on your website? So I tried Google Ads for uh-huh. two weeks. Um, it was good. Uh-huh. I, you know, I think I made like seven dollars. Yeah, and that was with you know a hundred page views maybe. Uh, it's something I'm going to definitely probably put back into effect in the future mm-hmm. when the page views are higher, and it'll probably mostly be on. Uh, articles that are getting the most traffic right you know things that people are searching that are just driving all these people from google um to look at and they'll see an ad but the you know the horror or the uh the articles that are helping people like locally Mm -hmm. that i know probably won't put ads on those because there's there's no reason to yeah have you you, are you familiar with patreon yeah have you thought about that i haven't looked into patreon yeah Uh, i know people that use it um I think it would work, but I think there's other avenues I could go to first yeah. to to monetize in the future. There's really three ways to monetize mm-hmm. a website or blog, and that's ads, which we just talked about, affiliate links, uh, which I right. actually do already, okay, and then selling a product, uh, which the book is a technically a product, um, but I have bigger plans, I guess, for a product yeah. in the future. So cool, yeah. Is there? Do you have a plan for a second book in the future? Or is that kind of a ways off? That's that would be a, a ways off goal. Yeah, I think you know for now I want to focus more on building an online product mm-hmm. that can really fill that gap that we talked about earlier of people and saying why didn't I get this education in high school? Right. Um, being some kind of online course that you know here's all the twenty five things you need to know, uh, including with videos and spreadsheets and mm-hmm. you know handouts and all that kind of stuff so they can actually learn it themselves right um, so what about you do you plan on monetizing uh, I mean, I think it'd be cool I think I I know at least like so our Instagram account we're I think we're around 12,000 or so mm-hmm. and so I mean there's we've made a little bit of money off there just partnering and just even some just like different trades for yeah we do a certain post and we get maybe tickets to an event or something like that yep. and so there's that um, 
on the podcast, I think either way, if it doesn't fit kind of the Wichita brand, we're not just going to promote some random no. thing that has yep. nothing to do with Wichita or even um, we've been approached by a couple different types of businesses in town, but it doesn't really, I don't know, it's not really promoting Wichita or like the creative aspects. Yep. And so we're like, well, we could make uh, probably a couple hundred bucks off this, but that's not really what we're going for. And again, it's not about the money. Like it's yeah, never, yeah. this has never been about the money. Me and my wife are always saying that and we're vetting ideas yep. like that. But I mean, it I wouldn't be against, like, if I partnered up with a local business that everybody loves for um, maybe sponsoring an episode of the podcast or something yeah. like that. I mean, it's not free to do this stuff. Like, there is equipment. I've upgraded a couple months ago from just my phone to, mm-hmm. like, some actual recording equipment, some microphones. And, I mean, you have to pay for um, website hosting. Oh, that kind yeah. of stuff. It's not not a lot of money, but, I mean, it's stuff that it's coming out of pocket. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know how that goes. You so. definitely don't want to give up short-term gains for the long-term exactly run, so. exactly so yeah we're we're i mean not against it but again that's not the main goal yep so. i definitely understand that one yep um so driving traffic i was going to talk to you about that so i kind of we have like a guest blog kind of thing on our mm-hmm. website the website our website's mainly for hosting the podcast but i that is one of my goals is just kind of grow it maybe if people have I think we've posted, um, I'm going to post recipes soon that people wanted to post, yep. um, just guest blogs, poems, um, but SEO and that kind of stuff. Oof. I'm, I don't know if you know, I, I read some of your stuff, yeah. um, but I am a rookie when it comes to that kind of stuff. So yeah. So search engine optimization is a beast mm-hmm. and, uh, there's a thousand ways to go about it and I still have not figured it out entirely yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm getting better. Um, but if you look at my first couple of blog posts, they are just, they're short and sweet and to the point mm-hmm. and they're not SEO friendly. Right. Uh, so when someone Googles, you know, a certain topic, those aren't going to show up. There are other way better articles are going to show up. You know, now I'm trying to figure out the formula for writing a blog post that is going to rank high on Google to drive that traffic. Mm-hmm. And I've figured it out with a couple articles. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have one that is how much does a puppy cost? Yeah, which I just read that too. Be extremely hard to usually rank for that. I've found out that I'm on like the third or fourth page of Google on. Nice. So it's it's working its way up, and I think that's because of me changing the uh, the style of the writing in mm-hmm. it, um, adding images and stuff like that to make it more search engine friendly, and it answers people's question. I mean, that's the bottom line of search engine optimization, and doesn't answer the question. Right. What are people googling or looking yeah. for? And but it is it's hard. Like it is really hard. Um, to win Google rankings because everyone's trying to win Google rankings because right. that's what drives the traffic. So, right, right. yeah, it's. Well, I know. Uh, what website host do you use? I use Bluehost. Okay. I, I'm. So one of the big things I did recently was uh, had a real initiative to improve SEO overall of the mm-hmm. website, and one of the big things I found out is that you need to improve page speed, mm. especially on mobile. So okay. someone hits an article on Twitter right. and goes to it, that needs to load like as fast as possible. Right. And Google rewards you for that. So I did a huge push with that. Um, I brought in a local kid, a young guy, and I was like, here's the project I need you to do. You know, for every point you improve it, I'll pay you an extra nice. amount. Yeah. Um, so I incentivized him to do it, and he did a great job. And like two days later, my impressions on Google jumped like 150%. Wow. Like immediately. And I was like, all right, well, you know, we're starting to figure this out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always every day is just experimenting yeah. and trying to figure out what to do. Right. Yeah. So we we have ours through uh, WordPress, which I don't know if that's the actual host or just the website, but um, it has like a section for SEO and it gives you like colors to how you're doing. So yeah. It's like yeah. Red is bad. Yep. Yellow is okay. Green's good. Yep. 
So the first post or two, like I did the best I could to try to get Satisfy that in the, the green. Yep. But it was hard, just like playing around, not knowing what I'm yep. doing. And so lately I'm just like, whatever, I'll, I'll go back maybe later. And yep. do you go back to the previous articles and kind of maybe tweak so some stuff? this month I'm focusing on putting out a ton of content, new content. Mm-hmm. Next month my main push is to go back and revise the beginning articles. Yeah. And bring them up to speed with what how I write now. Right. And you know they're going to go from four to seven hundred words to probably twenty five hundred, three thousand wow. yeah. words uh, because that's what yeah. you know satisfies Google, moves more traffic, and right. you know wins in the long run. Yeah. So so how frequently are you posting right now on the blog? So I had a goal at the beginning of the year to put out seventy five articles, and I kind of realized that that goal. Uh, the incentives were aligned with what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing now is I have word count uh, goals that I for each article. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't want to put out anything that's under 2,000 words. Okay. That's kind of the base uh, is 2,000 words. And so I'm trying to do, you know, one to, to two to three a week. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of matters on the week and right, right. how I'm feeling. And, yeah. you know, I'm not a writer, but I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> Is it, do you have a like a minimum words per day you make yourself and then kind of gets you rolling like are you like all right today I'm gonna make sure I write a thousand words? Yeah, so I'm big on incentives not only for if you're gonna hire somebody but if, for myself yeah. too. I'm huge on it. It drives most of my productivity. So you know tonight I have a goal to write a thousand words before I can go to the Y. Nice. Um, yeah. And like it sounds terrible, but if I really sit down and do it, I can do it in like twenty five to. 30 minutes, mm-hmm. no problem. But if I don't set that incentive to go somewhere, it'll take like two hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's that's really how I try to do it is a thousand words at a time, sometimes more if I'm you know feeling all right. All right but yeah, definitely. Um, and so I another thing I was going to ask you about just like website stuff is email lists. So do you have a certain like I don't know if it's an email list host. Like I know they have like Mailchimp and yep. some of those. What do you use? So there's Mailchimp, ConvertKit, um, Lead Funnels, or Quick Funnels, Lead Pages. Mm-hmm. I use Mailchimp right now, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's free. Yeah. If you have under a thousand emails, it's free, and that's what I use. It does everything I need it to do. Right. Um, it has automation on it, so if someone were to sign up for the email list, they would automatically get dropped into a funnel. Nice. That would bring them up to speed. You know, kind of introduce. Mm-hmm. Me introduce Young Dumb and Not Broke. You know what it's all about. So Mailchimp, Mailchimp's awesome, um, and it's you know for someone who doesn't really understand technology that well, it's super easy to to do. Yeah, I've been thinking about doing that. I haven't really done it again. In the past, the website's mainly just been for the podcast. But it's yeah. like if if I'm getting people to go there, hopefully, whether they go to the um, podcast apps or if they go to listen on the website, I mean, I might as well start yeah. building that email list. That yep. people that are interested. Definitely. Um, so do you, since this is kind of a business and you're, I mean, making a little bit of money and hopefully in the future, I mean, that's not the main goal, but you're making a little more money. Do you have a separate, like, do you have an LLC for this? Do you have separate bank accounts? Or yeah. So um, there's a Young, Dumb, and Not Broke LLC. Nice. Okay. Um, it is under another umbrella corporation mm-hmm. um, that I that I have. So everything is separate. Uh, I even have separate credit cards, separate nice. bank accounts, separate everything, because uh, I don't. My goal is to use any money I make from Young, Dumb, and Not Broke, mm-hmm. um, which, full disclosure, I, I think I lost, like, close to $1,500 last year. Yeah. I just did my taxes, so I know that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but to keep any revenue I make and not spend it. Yeah. Uh, keep it completely separate. And that's what I do with, you know, my 
my seven to three thirty job as an electrician. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the money I use, and everything else I make from anything else I, I don't touch. Very cool. Um, That's smart. Very separate. Yep. Mm-hmm. For how, so how do you drive what is your main way of driving traffic just the, just SEO are you doing any advertising or marketing so not really um, in October I tried a Facebook ad mm-hmm. just as experiment I think I dropped like 10 bucks in it because mm-hmm. um, everyone was you know saying it's so cheap now you might as well try it uh, so I dropped 10 bucks and it worked but it didn't drive the traffic I wanted right um, right now I rely a bunch on social media and email list uh, that's probably 60 70 percent of traffic mm-hmm. Uh, but the organic traffic from search engines is just starting to exponentially go right. up, which is, which I is, mean, yeah. oh yeah, that's, I mean, that's what you need. I hope to get, you know, I probably get a hundred, 200 page views a month from, uh, social media, mm-hmm. people clicking on a link, you know, going, uh, but I think in the end it'll probably be thousands, you know, if not tens of thousands from, uh, from search engines. Very cool. That is the goal. That is absolutely the goal. Right. Yeah. I listened to, I mean, some other people like Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't yep. know if you listen to him at all, oh, yeah. but. Uh, he's constantly pushing Facebook. It's underpriced. It's underpriced. But yeah, I mean, I, I think I've tried it once or twice. But again, I haven't. I'm not an expert in that. So yeah, we saw a little bit, but not a whole lot. But you, you'll get the again. traffic. But it's again, it's not the traffic I, I really wanted. Right. Um. So and it is cheap right now. And you know, in the future it probably won't be. But I, I don't think that my target audience is on Facebook really. Mm-hmm. I think there's a exodus of young people from Facebook. Yeah, currently. it really is. Yeah. Um. Me kind of included. I've. Yeah. You know, I've deleted the app. I've kind of stepped back from it. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good environment, I think, for me. Right. Um, so yeah, if I wasn't using it for Wichita Life, I wouldn't have it on my phone. Yep. That's, that's pretty much uh, that's exactly most of right. the use. So. Yep. Um, so I guess you mentioned some other small businesses. Do you Can you go into any of those? or? Um. So one's around real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple rentals. Uh, that I One I house hack, mm-hmm. so where I live in, one with roommates. Nice. Um, Others hold uh, certain mineral property rights in them. Yeah. Uh, and then another one is just an investing arm. Uh, so I've invested money into small businesses. Very cool. Um, none local yet, so if you're interested. Nice. <laughs> but <laughs> We'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's nothing crazy, but just trying yeah. to help people out and saying, you know, I, I could have loaned them money and say, here, give me this return, but I'm a big guy that I believe in equity. Yeah. Um, and I, people that have had, people that have helped me, mm-hmm. I have told them, you know, I'll pay you now, but long term, I want this to be equity. Like right. I want you to buy into this. I want you to care about this. I don't want you just to take a paycheck from right. it. So you want it to grow. You don't grow. just want the money. You want them to grow. I mean, bet Absolutely. on yourself. Bet on them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that that young guy I mentioned earlier that helped me with some of the SEO stuff. You know, I told him like, here's the project. This is basically an interview. Um, that's what this project is. And I want to see how you do on it. And he did great. And so I gave him another one. I was like, you know, this is kind of the next interview. Mm-hmm. And I'm paying him, but I told him long term, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to pay you. I want you to take equity out of this company and, you know, hopefully make some good money. From cool, it. very cool. Uh, would you recommend? So I mean, people use the word side hustle. Would you recommend people start a side hustle? Absolutely. Yeah, I think. A lot of people sit at their jobs every day and daydream mm-hmm. about certain things they would like to do, um, and I think a side hustle can can get you there if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands of options in the world now, like of things you could do. Yeah. And people often think if you know if you start a business or if you have a side hustle, you have to be making millions of dollars and 
have all these employees. That's just not the case anymore. Right. Like, there's people that, you know, freelance at home, graphic designers or, you know, anyone, software right. engineers that come home and work for an hour or two freelance and make hundreds of dollars in an hour or two. Yeah. Um, I've done it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, so absolutely. I think people should start off side hustle. Uh, and just whatever they want to do, just try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people will say that they're maybe too busy or so ha- how do you find the time? And then on top of that, just like, how do you apply kind of the 80, 20 principle to yeah. your work? I, so I'm a big believer in, in not being too busy. Uh, I don't believe anyone's too busy. Mm-hmm. I believe that they prioritize something over something else, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, if if I asked you to help me with this and you said, I can't, I'm busy, I'd be like, all right, you know, whatever. But if you said, you know what, I really can't right now, I'm going to go play in this men's league. Right. Um, I'm like, all right, cool, man. You know, that's nothing wrong with that. No, but nothing wrong with that at all. Like, it's, it's your priorities. It's cool. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a huge believer in, in being too busy. Um, I have, I have a lot going on, you know, I don't have kids, I'm not married, mm-hmm. uh, but I do work full time. I go home, I have a dog, which is a chore in itself. Um, <laughs> listen to Jacob and yeah. talk about, um, I can't remember his, his dog named Martha. I don't remember, but listening to him talk about his puppy, it's like, it is actually a lot of work. I didn't realize how much a dog. We have a 10 month old dog. So yeah. So yeah, we, yeah. Oh yeah. We know my dog's 10, 10 months too. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so dealing with that and you know, Dealing with young dumb not broken, all these things. There's a lot going on, and managing a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank goodness she is super cool about things mm-hmm. and helpful. Because uh, if not, it could be really terrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just prioritizing and you know getting things done that you need to get done. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I struggle with that a lot. Just time management and stuff. I yep. mean, I've got my eight to five or seven to four whenever I go yep. to work. But I'm I'm married, have a dog, and so it's. it's balancing spending time with them and then when I'm with them trying to be present and not just being there but working on this and so just figuring out that balance that is definitely the hardest thing is is being present Mm -hmm. um I listened to an an interview of Logic yeah a couple weeks ago and Logic was like you know I I suck at being present because my mind is going a million miles per hour in every direction at all times uh and then he went on to spit this just insane freestyle (laughs) and I was like okay that's not me the freestyle is not me (laughs) but like I totally related to the mental thing um, I will sit in bed and just stare at the ceiling and for hours because yeah. I just can't stop thinking about all these different things. So being present is incredibly tough. Yeah. Incredibly tough, I think. Yeah. And just to add on to mine going a mile, million miles a minute, uh, I, I'm constantly taking – I have sticky notes like everywhere yep. at, at work because I'm just like – I'm working on work stuff, but like an idea will pop in my head. Yep. So I'm like, I'll write this down and think about it later. And so then I come home with – 50 sticky notes, yep. uh, then write them in the notebook or whatever. But yeah, I, I completely understand that. I'm a, I'm a Google sheet guy. Yeah. I, I open up Google sheet and I just type all kinds of stuff in there and mm-hmm. I'll look at it later uh, because you know, they're important, but you also need to prioritize like, Hey, I'm at work. I need, right, to, exactly. I need to work. Exactly. That's <laughs> why I'm like, I'll write it down. Worry about it later. Don't yep. spend time on it now, but don't want to forget it. And Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you approach goal setting? Do you see the end goal or do you see like steps to get there, where, where do you start? Do you start at the end, start at the beginning? So when it comes to goal setting, I, I, I'm i a big dreamer, I guess you could yeah. say. I see huge potential in a lot of things and things I want to do. And that's not really where I set the goal to. I'll set it kind of back halfway point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's that thing of under-promise, over-deliver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentally need to do that. So that's, that's kind of how I approach it. Um, I have a, a good friend who him and I – 
share all of our goals together, um, even some incredibly personal ones. Mm-hmm. And each month we call each other and we go through them line by line. That's really cool. Again, it's in a Google Sheet because mm-hmm. um, we're spreadsheet nerds. But, <laughs> you know, it works. And, you know, there's all kinds of different things, you know, whether it's he wants to pay down this amount of debt, you know, I want to do whatever this. Right. I mean, it's all over the place. It doesn't have to be just financial. It's right, right. some very personal things on there as well. So Yeah, I read the uh, the accountability partner post you did. Yeah. And that's really cool. That's that's exactly That's a great idea. I'm definitely going to think about that. In the, yeah, it drives it drives a lot of trust. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad to call him one of my best friends. Yeah, for, we've done this for three years now. That's it awesome. Works really, really well. Cool. Um, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about related to Young Dumb and Broke is um, you have a scholarship. So can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? So the last year, I uh, you know I haven't made a ton of money from this, and I don't plan on it. But I always wanted to give back, and the thing that cripples most young people now is, is student debt and I mm-hmm. think that the student loan uh, business is extremely shady yeah I think they sell fake promises and don't show people the full story mm-hmm. uh, it drives me nuts so one of the projects I'm working on a side note in the future is mm-hmm. a student loan organizer and kind of how to manage them nice. because it's it's terrible like it's awful i think the student loan debt is like 1.6 trillion dollars yeah some ridiculous um, yeah and it's it's gonna crash sometime someday uh, unfortunately yeah. probably uh so yeah so i wanted to give give back a little scholarship so i did two 250 scholarships uh last winter very cool um i think i had 34 applicants and it was that's crazy yeah you know it was, it was a 10 minute application it wasn't yeah. like write me an essay and uh, none of that um it was just a couple simple questions, and, and that was it. And uh, I sent it off to a group of friends. I hit everyone's names. I said, hey, read these answers and, you know, pick your top three. Nice. Um, and I kind of compared who picked similar, mm-hmm. and I chose mine as well and went with two people. So wow. it was two Wichita State students. But I think I had people from almost all over the country. I know I had someone on the East Coast, Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, Oklahoma City. I know I had a couple, and then Denver. So That's really impressive. It was cool. cool. It was really cool. Yeah, so the long-term goal with that is to is to do it every year, but keep it growing. Yeah, um, and, I, and I recently made it one of my long long-term goals was to make that a full ride. Wow, like two two or three full rides. Um, you know, I don't know what that'll be in the future. Yeah. Obviously, tuition keeps going up and up and up, so mm-hmm. I better keep saving <laughs> if I'm going to do that. But you know, I do want to do t- a couple full rides uh, to help some kids out. In That's the really future. cool. Yeah, thirty-four applicants is really impressive. I mean, there's a lot of scholarships that schools put on or local places put on that yep. I mean they get a handful maybe so it's yeah. cool that you got 34 and yeah that's something I took advantage of at Wichita State and I think my sister may have shown me this was I uh you know we get your tuition bill and you see your scholarships but I actually called office of financial aid and I was like hey is there anything left and mm-hmm. they would send me like hey fill this out real quick and I think I got like wow. two thousand dollars one semester for doing that that's a really good so idea. so there's a good tip for people yeah. call financial aid because there's so many that go on uh that go whatever huh? what's the word there's so many that go un. Uh, i don't even know what the word is yeah. <laughs> there's so many that go unchosen Unre- yeah un- unredeemed i don't know yeah every year so that's that's definitely something that helped me a lot that's cool that's really cool um so i, I just want to talk about just some of the financial stuff so people can got to get kind of get a taste of what is in the book what's on your blog what might be coming up um so first of all, how did you learn all of this financial knowledge? A lot of trial and error. Um, no, when I was younger, I was always, 
I think I think obsessed might be the right word for mm-hmm. this. I don't you like using that word, but with you know making money. Um, I remember mowing my grandpa's lawn for two dollars, mm-hmm. push mowing it, and I realized now he'd say he was taking advantage of me. Uh, <laughs> I remember picking up crab apples in my parents' yard for a penny a crab apple. Uh-huh. Um, again, they were probably taking advantage of us. Uh, but always, you know, always since I remember, I, I've enjoyed it. You know, I got my first job when I was 14 as a farmhand. Mm-hmm. I think I was making like $7 an hour, but I loved it. It was mm-hmm. awesome. So it kind of branched off from there. Um, I read a couple books that really opened my eyes to the possibilities. Um, one of those being Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read yep. that one, oh, you yeah. should definitely read it. Yeah, everyone should read that one. Yeah, because it, it just makes you think like, wow, there's so many options in the world um, to consider. So that really is kind of what opened my eyes. Very cool. What is your definition of – what is financial independence? <laughs> For people who might not know that term. Um, to me, it's different to everyone. Mm-hmm. To me, financial independence is being where you can be – is being somewhere where you're comfortable with what you have and what you can do in the future mm-hmm. um, and to make your own choices. You know, I, I don't view myself as financially independent yet, mm-hmm. but, you know, I could take a couple years off from work if I really wanted to yeah. and be fine. Uh, so in that aspect, I guess I do have it, but right. not really what I want to be yet. So it's just being able to make your own choices and, you know, not being restricted by money. Right. One of the things in Georgia that would drive me crazy was when we would go out to lunch and there was one guy, and I only worked with him a couple of times, but we are like, hey, man, we're going to go to Taco Bell. Like, do you want to come? And this is, you know, like a 45-year-old man. He's like, I can't. I can't afford it today. And it's like, dude, you're making three times what I make right now. Yeah. You know what? And that just, you know, that baffled me. Right. And it was always like, how is this possible? You know, I'm making, I think I was making like eleven sixty-five an hour. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I can do this. Why, why can't you? Right. So that's what really drove it. Um, and that's what financial independence is. To right. Me, so. And I, I know you mentioned it a couple times on your blog, but I think it kind of ties in with maybe not exactly financially freedom, but like the idea of like time freedom. And so I know yeah. like, like Tim Ferriss talks about it a lot and 4-Hour oh, yeah. Work Week and stuff like Great that. Great book. Also. Rolf, Rolf mentions it and yeah. vagabonding and stuff like that. Yep. Um, do you have any comments on that? I, I think that there's the world is moving more towards technology mm-hmm. and the ability to do things from, you know, I think that if you look at this, the statistics from working from home, from working in an office, like 20 years, mm-hmm. I bet it's up exponentially, people working from home. Oh, yeah. So I think that you can get your time back in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. and having that freedom with your time is, is huge because, you know, if you want to travel like Rolf did, that's, mm-hmm. you can, should be able to do that. If you want to spend time more time with your family, you, you should be able to do that, and right. you can do that. I really do think you can do that now. Yeah. So that's one of, the, one of the big things that ties in with financial independence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know at my work right now, um, I mean, a lot of the different companies in the organization, I mean, they have to work long hours and that kind of stuff, but I'm there 8 to 4.45, but recently they give us flex time, and so we can come in between 7 and 9 and then leave, I mean, get your work done um, and work your eight hours or however many, make sure you get work done, but you can leave earlier than 5 o'clock, which for me, I get up really early, so going in earlier doesn't yeah. bother me, but it's awesome, especially like right now when it's 70 degrees outside. Yeah. I can oh, go yeah. spend more time outside with my wife and my dog and yep. go throw the Frisbee, do whatever. So that is, that is absolutely what it's about. Yep. Um, so in your book, you discuss uh, three pillars yep. of personal finance. So um, structure your accounts, budgeting, and investing. Were those the three? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so you mentioned the 80-20 rule earlier. Yeah. I think this is more like the 95-5 rule. Mm-hmm. Like if you figure out these three things, 95% of your financial life will be pretty easy. Right. And everything else is just, you know, icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I wanted to structure the book. I, I don't really know where it came from. 
Um, but I think those are just the bare minimum basics you right. have to figure out. Like everyone should have a checking account. Right. And everyone can have a checking account, you mm-hmm. know. So that's that's where those came from. Cool. Uh, what would you say, is there, I don't know how much feedback you get, like comment-wise or friends, family. Are there some like small tips or what do people struggle with the most with like budgeting? I mean, what's, is it just making a budget in the first place? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Because it, it takes, it's upfront work. Right. Um, and it's, it's not fun work. And sometimes it's a self-reflection that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You're like, dang, I do spend a lot on fast food every month, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, it is what it is. But if you want to change, you have to do it. Right. So budgeting is something that everyone seems to struggle with. Yeah. Uh, it is what I'm kind of centering, uh, what I'm putting out later this year around. Yeah. Is around budgeting in general. Um, because every week it's like, why can't I do this? I'm like, well, do you have a budget? Well, no, right. I don't need to. I'm like, okay, well, you should probably consider right. doing that. Because um, it's going to be as hard or as easy as you want it to be. Um, so I use Mint okay. to help budget and kind of keep track of stuff. Um, and I've heard a lot of people recommend personal capital. Is yep. that more for like net worth tracking versus Mint kind of has like the built-in budgeting tools, but it also kind of tracks the net worth, your debts, your assets? Yeah, they're both good tools. Uh, I like them both problem I have is if you add in any complexity, they're kind of hard to, they don't really work as well. Right, right. So if you add in, you know, if you had Wichita Life LLC and tried mm-hmm. to add that into it, it could get, it could skew their uh, numbers yeah, and yeah, mess things up. Sense, yeah. So I, I personally don't like it. Um, I also have trust issues with uploading my financial that's information fair. to an app. Yeah, uh, that's you fair. know, I do, I'll be honest. So I, I stick more w- with the, the Google Sheets, um, mm-hmm. the spreadsheets. I, I like the ability to customize. Mm-hmm see things how I want to see them. Uh, but I have used Mint and Personal Capital. I would probably recommend Personal Capital over Mint. Really? Just because you can see the whole story. Yeah. Mint is definitely better for budgeting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is better for budgeting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm scared of, phone, of mobile apps. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, so I use Mint, and then I'll kind of take a, a screenshot of, like, the overall numbers. And yeah. I'll, I'll try to keep track of, like, the specific line items, too, just for budgeting purposes. Mm-hmm. But And then I'll put everything in my spreadsheet. That way yep. I can manipulate the data a little bit better. And yeah. I, yeah, I have, I have a friend who was using Mint who would, like, check it every single day. And it's like, that's... And they were I like, did that for a while, and it, it oh, drives man. you nuts because it's like, it doesn't really move... I mean, I still do it sometimes, and yeah. I'm just like, why am, why am I looking at it? Nothing's yep. going to change in the 24 hours yep. since I last looked at it. It's it it's what people... It's what makes people scared of budgeting, yeah. I think, is is when they have that app on their phone, they, check, they can check it every single day. Um, I'll catch myself checking my trading account or my checking account. It's like, why am I doing mm-hmm. this? Like, I know I get paid on Tuesdays. Right. Like, nothing's going to change. So that's why I try to stay away from them. Um, I think people should definitely look at, at a budget, whether that's on a spreadsheet or a mint or personal capital, once a month Yeah. at minimum. I think that's definitely the minimum. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it can drive you nuts. I think the, the one benefit I have of seeing that is I can check and see if there's anything on the credit cards between me and my wife. Yeah, and so that way I just know I'm like, okay, paid off right now, so I don't forget before the end of the month or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. the I guess that's one benefit. For you can me, check on her spending too. <laughs> exactly. Wait a second. Why I know you, everything. Yeah. Did you go shopping again? Yeah, exactly. She's pretty good about that. She's gonna listen. So, <laughs> um, do you have any advice for just people with debt, whether that's um, student loan debt, uh, maybe a car loan? What advice do you have for people with debt? Get the numbers in front of you. Yeah, I think you have to doesn't matter what you'd look at it on pen paper you know on a computer get the numbers in front of you mm-hmm. 
uh, I've had conversations with a couple of people about student loan debt, and I'll ask them, you know, how much do you have? What's the interest rate? And mm-hmm. they just don't know any of it. Right. And it's like, you know, you're, uh, you know, 10, 20. I've seen someone with over $100,000 student loan debt. And I'm like, what's the interest rate? I'm like, I have no idea. Right. That's that's a huge that's first problem. problem. Yeah. Um, you need to get the numbers in front of you, and you need to see how it's going to affect you, you know, not only now but in the future. Most people don't think about it in the now. They're like, I'm in school, you know, I'm getting right. this degree. I'll worry about it later. And then later comes and then later and later comes. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, dude, you're going to pay, you know, way more than you need to. So right. definitely get the numbers in front of you and make a plan. Yeah. That's what you have to uh, do. What, is your, what are your thoughts on Dave Ramsey and, like, his approach? Because I know a lot of people recommend not going necessarily, like, the financially expedient way, but paying down the smallest debts or the – Small sets first, so you kind of get the snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I agree with him on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey appeals really well to the masses. Yeah. There's some things that we, him and I definitely do not agree on, mm-hmm. mainly surrounding debt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Personally, I, I love debt. I think that is a great tool um, to help you with your financial journey mm-hmm. if you use it right. Right. You know, if you're going to go out and buy a BMW M3, right? okay, you're maybe not using it right. But if you're going to go out and buy a rental property and rent it out immediately, then yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is super anti-debt, um, whether that's loans, credit cards, anything like that, Right. where I kind of embrace it and use it to its potential. But to the masses, he's good. Right. I, th- I do think he's good. Do you, do you read, have you read any of his books? Or um, his? I'm trying to think. I went through, or my wife and I went through the... Uh, Kind of do-it-yourself financial piece. Did you do that by yourself or did it through a church? Uh, by ourselves. Okay. So a lot of churches do do yeah. it. Uh, one of my friends actually lent me. I think I want to say his church went through it, and then he had the book and the yeah. back and everything, and they lent it to us. How did you do? You like it? Um, um, I liked it. I, I mean, you touch on a lot of the basic financial stuff that he does, but um, we didn't ever go as hardcore as like doing the envelope method and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's because for me, I can see everything in one place with a credit, like a debit or credit card yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's right in front of me i don't have to try to okay now the hundred dollars for groceries this week goes here i can just keep track of it all the numbers online i think that's part of the overcomplicating things that you mm-hmm. don't need to overcomplicate you which know? i think it would definitely work and like there's times where i think we could have benefited from that but again yeah. I, I think it's a little more complicated than it needs to be i i absolutely agree so he does that i've listened to his when I lived in Georgia, he did a talk show mm-hmm. or where people would call in, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they would ask, "Hey, I have hundred thousand dollars in debt. I'm doing this, this, and this. You know, what should I do?" And it's just crazy the stories. It's yeah. like, why did you just go out and buy that car? Why did you just, you know? Yeah, some people just have that compulsion, and they ha- yeah have to quote unquote. And it's a self awareness thing. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I know I'm gonna do this. I need to not do whatever I need to do to right. not do this. Right. But yeah, he's interesting. Dave is. Yeah. He knows, knows a lot, but and I, he knows what he's doing, and I think he knows his audience, and he knows yeah. what people need. I mean, a lot of people, when they have that kind of debt, they shouldn't have credit cards. No. They, they've kind of lost that privilege. And, yep, yeah. I absolutely agree. So, I absolutely agree. Uh, jumping to credit cards, so I never had a credit card until, I think, until I was out of college and we got married. I just never had one. Yeah. I, I always, like, planned on getting one and just putting gas on it, and I just never really did. Yep. Um, and so I had like just the Bank of America basic credit card mm-hmm. for a while until last fall. Um, I think we did my wife first as kind of a tag team deal, but we went with the Chase Preferred. Yep. And so Heck, that's uh, a great we, card. we had some like just expenses coming up. So I'm like, well, now would be a good time to try to get to that. I think it's yep. 
four grand in three months. Yep, and whatever you get it is. fifty or sixty thousand yeah. bonus points. So yep. then, so we hit that, and then uh, rec- or referred myself from her yep. and got the ten thousand extra or That's whatever it is. Super and so, smart. Um, we haven't used a ton of them. She's used one of the, uh, um, like maybe twelve thousand miles on one trip. Yeah. But so we've got a hundred thousand points yep. sitting there, which is pretty awesome and so yeah. i think that's one thing a lot of people miss out by i mean it, it was kind of intimidating before i'm just like oh i don't know i don't really need that and then there's like the annual fee yep. but then you got to look at i mean you talk about it on some blog posts yeah that, that 99 dollars versus the value you get from the points exactly and, exactly yeah. people i think people don't get that credit card companies do not make a dime off of you unless you don't pay it off in full right. every month like they don't and they make people people are scared of them naturally mm-hmm. And I definitely embrace them. Mm-hmm. I, I love them. Uh, I think I have like seven or eight now. Wow. Um, See, and some people would be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. That, like, what are you thinking? This kid doesn't know what he's doing. He's, you know, he's 24 years old. He's going to be in so much debt. Mm-hmm. Um, but six of those are five of those seven sit in my drawer. I don't right. ever touch them. Um, they don't get charged with anything every month. There's no annual fee on them. So they're a great tool. Um, and they, yeah, I haven't paid for a trip in like, two years that's incredible um because they're just off bonus right um so how many cards do you have that have an annual fee and how do how do you balance that have you ever closed one because it had an annual fee after you like no fee for the first year you got the bonus points yep do you close those at all so i've never closed a card um i don't recommend anyone ever close a card uh, because of credit utilization rate Mm -hmm. so that's a whole different topic but chase this this will help you yeah if you so if you have a credit card that has an annual fee of hundred dollars mm-hmm. and you bump up to another credit card that has an annual fee of four hundred and fifty dollars, which right. the next one on the, the next chase, one yeah. does have a I do have that card. You can actually call Chase and say, Hey, I want to trade in this hundred dollar card for a no fee card and they'll just swap them. Oh, and wow. that's it. And they'll they'll actually I did that three months after I paid the annual fee. They swapped the card to a no annual fee card and gave me a refund. Three wow. months after the fact. I didn't know you could do that. See? And it's great. You're the expert. Yeah, no, I'm not an expert. But I'm a huge fan of Chase. They yeah. Their customer service is amazing. I didn't and realize you could do that at all. Yeah, so I, that's what I've done. Um, I have two cards now that have annual fees. One's a business credit card, right. and one's the uh, Sapphire Reserve, yeah. which is the $450 annual fee, mm-hmm. which that's going to scare a lot of people to hear, but it's worth it, absolutely worth it. Right. So, yeah. Very interesting. It's a cool okay. little trick. Yeah. Um, and most, most, com- most uh, credit card companies will let you do that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like one or two that won't. I think maybe Bank of America won't actually. But mm-hmm. Chase is definitely that's definitely cool. Will, so. Yeah, uh, I stumbled upon a podcast called Choose Fi. I don't know if you've ever heard huh. of that one. Um, it's these two guys from South Carolina, somewhere over there. Um, not sure exactly, but and so they have an episode. I kind of started at the beginning of theirs. They have I don't know 100 plus episodes, but it was all about tra- travel rewards. Yeah, and so they have something they call might have patented the Chase Gauntlet, and it's kind of the order of cards. And um, there's like a 524 rule that you can only open. You can't open another Chase card if you've opened five cards in 24 months or uh, something. something like so, that. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that's how I got into it. It finally like convinced me. Them talking about how you could get that many points and that kind of thing. If so. you can manage yourself and your money, you can do it. And it's it's worth it's free. Like it's, it's right. literally free rewards. Uh, I also saw on one of your blogs. Um, I'm not sure which card it is. So I was going to ask free TSA pre-check and then yeah. like access to the lounges. What cards? So that's on a couple different ones now, mm-hmm. but the, the Chase Sapphire Reserve and a lot of other credit card companies are doing this mm-hmm. also. They will give you free TSA pre-check. It's like a $95 value. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to 
uh, a place on the west side, and they had to do like a little interview mm-hmm. and take your picture, and that was it. Hmm. But they, you pay, and then they they automatically refund you, wow. um, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the free lounges, so you travel. Do you ever do you go through Houston or uh, usually through Houston? I usually fly United through Houston. Is your layover ever long? Um, coming back, it is a couple hours usually because. Houston has an awesome lounge. Uh-huh. I stayed in it. Coming from Corpus, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I came from Corpus, I, I stayed in the Houston lounge. And it gives you access to all of them. I've stayed in the one in Atlanta, Dallas, uh, Houston, um, in Kansas City. Wichita has a small one. It's uh-huh. like more just for sleeping. I didn't even know that. Yeah, so they do. But it gives you free access, which is means all free food and drinks. Yeah. So I've been in one a couple times because yeah. uh, my father-in-law has uh, passed. But yeah, it's it's awesome. Like. The one in in Houston, I believe it was in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was all free alcohol. Mm-hmm. So me and my girlfriend, before we went to Mexico, went in there, just nice. us two, and had yeah. a full-on meal. And, you know, That's I had really some cool. margaritas before we went to Mexico, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just a little perk. And I think that alone, the value of that is like $50 per person to go into those lounges. Right. So it's huge value. That's really it's cool. It's free. That's really cool. Yeah. Take advantage of that, dude. It's awesome. All right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, 401k, I had a question, uh, your, one of your opinion on it. Um, so a lot of like the financial independence blogs and stuff, they recommend, um, doing probably because of the retire early portion, but they recommend the regular 401k and then mm-hmm. the Roth IRA. Yep. Um, but I had talked to somebody, he wasn't like my financial advisor, but when I started at Coke, he recommended the Roth 401k. Yep. Um, I guess what, what are your thoughts on that? So it, it kind of matters on what your company offers. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit about your company's benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about their match and all that, but mm-hmm. I don't know the exact products. Mm-hmm. So if I was in your shoes, um, or mo- mo- most people's, mm-hmm. if your company offers a match on a 401k, a Roth 401k, you need to hit that number no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like that's the bare For minimum. sure, yeah. You know, if they're offering 5, 6, 7, 8%, you need to do that no matter what. Yep. Um, if it's a traditional 401k, you know, that's great. Uh, but I would just do that, and then I would take any other money I want to save and open up my own Roth IRA okay. outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what you're doing is you're, you're making a bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to say, okay, am I going to pay pre-tax or post-tax? Yep. So yep. not to get too much into the details, but I'm betting on myself making more in the future right. than I make now. Right. So that's why I put most – I max out the Roth IRA every year right. um, over the 401K. Gotcha. Okay. So definitely, definitely, definitely hit the match. Though. Right. It's yeah, free that's, money That's again. the first thing, yeah, yeah, for sure. absolutely. Free money. Um, so what are your view on stock or swing trading? Um, most people should not do it. <laughs> most people should absolutely never think about it uh, and stay away from it at all costs. Yeah. It is It is gambling. Like, it is absolutely gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone that says it's not gambling does not know what they're talking about because it, it's, it's just gambling. Yeah. Uh, and you could be more educated and have a better system, and you're kind of mitigating risks. And it's kind of like knowing the rules to blackjack. You know, you're right. mitigating risk by knowing the rules, but you're still gambling. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what stock trading is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do it. I do it obviously to make extra money, and mm-hmm. I, but I do it more for fun. Yeah, it's not my it's money. Main. You could lose if it, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and I've I've lost money and I've made money. I'm happily up yeah. overall. Uh, I'm happily beating the S and P 500. So that's all I want to do. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend a lot of people don't do it. Right. I get a lot of questions about that. Yeah. Um, rightfully so. I post all my trades. Yeah. Um, you can go onto my website and see my trading diary of every trade I've mm. made this year. That's cool. Uh, I leave out the quantity, right. obviously, for dollar reasons. But 
I'll have people message me and say, hey, I have $100. What company I should I invest in? It's like you should just save your money. Um, right. Don't worry about doing any of that yet because $100 isn't going to matter. Right. So, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, people in general, it might not be everybody that's coming to you, but a lot of people want, like, the get-rich-quick oh, thing. And yeah. so they're like, stock trading. Like, I've seen yep. Wolf of Wall Street. I've seen whatever. Yep. What, what, what can I do to get this going? And yeah. It happens. You know, people get lucky. It's right. like hitting the lottery. But when people come ask me about a penny stock or how to trade futures and options, and I'm like, it's a terrible idea. You, should, right. you shouldn't do that because um, you need to focus a lot on it. Yeah. Do you trade at all? Uh, not really. I mean, I so I had a little extra money from a senior design project in, yeah. s- in school yep. um, that they had like a grant and they gave us a little bit of money. And so I put some of that in about like some Apple, a couple Tesla stocks, just yep. like stuff I was interested in. But yeah. I, I wasn't like super worried about yeah. losing it because there's money that like nobody else really got. It was just our group happened to get some extra money. So I'm like, all right, yep. let's play with it and see what, see what happens. But other than that, not really. I've, I've messed around a little bit on Robinhood, but uh, Robinhood's good and bad. I think it, gives, it can be fun. <laughs> it, yeah, I think it gives a lot of freedom to people that probably shouldn't have it yeah. in trading. Um, I use a, a company called Interactive Brokers. Okay. That's who I trade through. But to like be able to even trade futures and options, you have to take like a test. Really? For them to even allow it. And I'm pretty sure on Robinhood, you can just sign up and oh, yeah. immediately do it. Which and they keep opening more and more options to people. Uh, for like options and futures and all kind. I mean, now you can buy Bitcoin and, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Incredibly so. dangerous. Like, I don't think people get that if you you know exercise a certain option, you can owe a ton of money. Like, right. Really quick. I looked into that in college. I had a friend that he. I mean, he was making this amount of money doing that yeah. in college, and so I just started reading about what those terms mean. Oh, and I'm like, okay, this is over my head. I'm not going to try to do yeah. this because I don't have the time to put into learning this. So. You, you need to be there every day when the stock market's open if you're going to do that yeah same thing with like trading currencies i will never i'll probably never touch any of those because yeah. i just don't have the time and it's too risky right too for much sure. risk oh robin hood <laughs> scares the heck out of me um so i mentioned kind of the fire movement which is financial independence retiring early um i guess what is your view on that i listened to like Mr. Money Money, Mr. Money Mustache, yep. Mad Scientist, and those kind of stuff. Just a lot of it's just basic. I mean, a lot of it's basic financial knowledge, and like his yeah. blog is really good because yeah. it's pretty much anything you can think of. He has like a million blogs out oh, there. Yeah. But what what, are your, what is your view on the fire movement? Can I reverse and ask what your view is on it? Uh, I think it's I'm I think it's a good idea, but I think it's extreme, and okay. the proportion of people that achieve it or that like the online presence, like on Reddit or wherever, yeah. They're making a lot more money than most people are making. It's, it's like, huge on Reddit uh, too. yeah. So there's like a financial independence subreddit, and yep. it's they're making a quarter of a million dollars doing yep. software engineering. It's like, okay, yeah, it's probably a little bit easier to save fifty percent of your salary when you're making that much money. So I think it's a good idea. I mean, it makes sense. Save yeah. more money. You can quit your job earlier if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it has some great aspects to it, and some things that people could pull into their own financial plan. Mm-hmm. But it is extreme. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's I'm a, I'm I'm a frugal guy. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a frugal guy, but I'm definitely not cheap. Yeah, like I if there's something I want and I've worked for, I will buy it. You mm-hmm. know, whatever the cost. Um, I'm definitely not cheap. But if you're gonna practice fire, you have to be cheap. You have to be cheap, like yeah. super cheap. And a lot of them get burned out. Yeah. I mean, they talk about it on like the mad scientist mentions like, yeah, I was too extreme to the point where like you would almost like lose relationships because exactly. Yeah. I've read stuff on Reddit about that where people were like, 
I would always get invited out to go out to dinner or go out to drinks, and I, I couldn't do it because I had to save this amount of money to hit yeah. my savings goal. It's like that's not how I want to live. No, you know, sad topic, but we never know when we're gonna go. Right. Oh, absolutely. So if yeah. you're spending all of your time alone, saving, you know, counting all of your pennies, mm-hmm. I mean, is that really a fulfilling life? Right. Uh, I want to enjoy my life all the way through, not just once I've hit, you know, financial right. independence. Right. So right. it is extreme, super extreme. Uh, how do you recommend people get into real estate or do you recommend people get into real estate? I like real estate because you can't make any more land. You know, yeah. there's only so much amount of land in this whole world. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's that. And if you look at some of your, you know, wealthiest people in the world, mm-hmm. most of the time is through real estate. Yeah. And, and that, that honestly is very attractive to me and, and why I wanted to get into it. I kind of stumbled into it in college mm-hmm. um, when I got that first property and had my roommates then. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I charged them my mortgage rate, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it paid the mortgage, but right. you know I wasn't making any money off of it, and I soon figured out, okay, hold on. I need to do this, this, right. and this. Um, real estate's it's cool. It's awesome. There's a lot of advantages, a lot of tax advantages of it, mm-hmm. um, being able to obviously write off the interest like everyone else can. But if you do it through an LLC, then you can depreciate a house yeah. and all kinds of, I mean, all kinds of things. Sure. So I do recommend people get into it, but I think people need to focus more on maximizing their Roths yeah. and their 401ks before they decide to go out and, you know, spend 20 grand on a home. Sure. Uh, I think that's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think people have, you know, HGTV is romanticized. It absolutely has. The idea that I can go out and buy this home and put 20 grand in it and sell it for flip it, make 50 grand. Yeah. yeah. And it's possible. It is possible and people do it, but you have to be on your game. Right. And you either have to be a real estate agent. You have to be a contractor. You have to know how to someone, you know, but if you have to sell all those parts to different people, Mm -hmm. you know, they're all going to take their cut and that's a problem. So it's hard to do. And that's why I'm more focused on long-term rentals, um, I want to eventually get into the commercial space versus yeah. residential. I've had great tenants. I've had mm-hmm. amazing tenants. Never had an issue. But the long-term leases that commercial yeah. offers is just like, that sounds nice. Five yeah. years, like, t- yeah, I'll sure. talk to you for five years. It sounds great. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so you talk a little bit about, you have a couple articles on your blog about traveling. Um, so can you just give a couple trips? And you mentioned a little bit ago, uh, you haven't really paid for a trip in a couple years. So what does that look like? Um, how do you find deals, flights, that kind of stuff? So, Rolf, when I, uh-huh. I listened yeah. to that podcast, I, I made a decision I wanted to go to Europe. Yeah. I've never been to Europe. Um, Iceland has been the closest I've ever been. So, a month ago, I booked nice. a 10-day trip to Europe Very uh, cool. by myself. Yeah. I'm going to go to hostels. Uh, I tried to couch surf it. Have you ever heard of couch I surfing? I have, yeah. So, I, I tried to do that, and I... I've never had a recommendation. I have no reviews. Right. I was like, okay, this is going to be really hard to get anyone to accept me to stay on their couch for free. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with a hostel. It's like $20 a night. Yeah, cheap. Still super cheap. But he – so I followed him on Instagram too. Yeah. As soon as I listened to that episode – and the, the dude's amazing. He's like, incredible, he, and he's such a nice guy. And his – the way he articulates his words in that freaking Instagram post yeah. is just it's unreal. incredible. Like it makes you feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. Um so he kind of, you know, motivated me to do it while I'm still young, still can do it, still have a little freedom. Um, so I'm going to Europe in 10 days, or for 10 days. Uh, I went to Iceland last August mm-hmm. with a group of those three couples that went. Nice. Another amazing trip. Uh, that trip alone per person was like $1,000. 
So we did it extremely affordable yeah. for seven days. That's um, really cool. And that was kind of how that came up is I always wanted to go there. I like nature, yeah. anything outside. It's beautiful. And, uh, Game of Thrones is filmed there. Yeah, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I have been watching Game of Thrones again. <laughs> it's trying to, to start again. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, three weeks to get all the way back up. Yeah. So, no, but <laughs> we, uh, I found a deal out of Dallas for $286 round trip. That's um, crazy. And I immediately called my buddy in Kansas City, and I was like, I'm going to book this flight. If you guys want to go, here's the link. Uh, and I told a buddy here, and I was like, here it is. You know, we're going to do wow. it. I'm going. So I just booked it. Uh, and I was like, you guys need to get on this flight mm-hmm. if you want to go. And they did it too. So we, we booked it in, like, May and went in August of last year. Okay. I was, I was going to ask what time of year you booked yeah. and all that. So everyone says, like, timing on getting flights, mm-hmm. you know, uh, three months, two months. Right. Um, I haven't really figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trom, you know who Trom knows? So oh yeah, yeah. She, so uh-huh. she yeah. is great at getting flights. Um, she went to Shanghai. I want to say for like under four hundred dollars. Wow. Round trip. Uh-huh. I think it was under four hundred dollars. But she's really good at that, and I've I've kind of taken some ideas from her to look for more flights and what she uses. So yeah, I'll I have to have a chat with her. Yeah, and... getting flights is that's I mean that's the most biggest expense when traveling. Yeah, it's definitely oh, getting absolutely. The flight. Yeah. Um, hundred percent so being able to use credit card points and stuff like that yeah. uh definitely helps you know the cool thing is and not to get too much on the credit cards is that if you use credit card points to book a delta flight mm-hmm. well you can also use your delta skyline miles to get delta rewards points after the fact so you can get more flights nice. in the future yeah, yeah. for free so use free stacks to get stacks, more yeah. free that's um, cool yeah definitely I, I definitely recommend people travel as much as possible for sure it's uh, awesome my brother comes back. What's today? Oh, that's right. End of end of March, and so he yeah. comes back in about a month and a half, and he's been gone since last April, and so I'm definitely going to be interviewing him yeah. for the podcast. I mean, we talk quite a bit, but interviewing from the podcast about his experience because he uh, booked a six week trip over to France, and that turned into going on 13 months. And so, so has he just been in Europe or has he been going all over? Um, all over. So he started in Europe. Um, started in France. Um, he hit Spain, Portugal. That's um, amazing. Uh, Belgium, maybe Germany, um, Switzerland, and then he ended up going down to uh, Croatia, and then um, his current girlfriend now, who's from France, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, so uh, they went to Australia, um, New Zealand, and now they're back in Australia, and about to go to Japan, and then finally come home. And she's coming here for 12 months, so yeah, so it's pretty pretty crazy. I'm, I'm... I've heard some stories, but I'm sure there's a countless others yeah, that I haven't heard that's, yet. So that's amazing. We'll definitely be doing some podcasts on that. that yeah, well, I'm very. I'm looking forward to that one because mm-hmm. that is super cool. But yeah, it's, I. I mean, that's complete. I haven't traveled out of the country really. I mean, uh, Mexico and like Belize cruise ship type stuff. Yeah, so yeah. haven't really been places, but that's definitely on the yeah the go- bucket list. So yep, for sure. Um, what are some actionable tips people can do right now? Financially, what's the first couple things you would tell somebody to do? Uh, kind of like student loans, I would say get the numbers in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know, see where you're at, um, and it, it's 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 not fun mm-hmm. at first for a lot of people. I've probably sat down with a dozen people now. I am not a certified financial planner. You know, I don't have <laughs> all that. I don't have my Series Six, Seven, all those things. But when you can sit down with these people and say, "Hey, let's just look at your accounts and you know see all the numbers." They'll walk away from that hour-long, you know, get-together and be like, wow, I right. feel like so much more comfortable now with my money. Right. Uh, and that's cool. That's, that's I really, really, cool. really enjoy that. Um, 
but yeah, just get the numbers in front of you and make a plan for what, you know, figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think people see what other people are doing and like, I want to do that. It's like, do you really want to do that? Right. You know, and that's the make a plan. So. Right. Uh, one thing I see online on like the personal finance or financial independence subreddits is like, figure out what you want in life and build for it or figure out what Absolutely. you want your life to look like and build for it. And Absolutely. So what are, what are your main financial goals? Um, right now, pay off our car. So just working on paying that off and yeah. figuring out that and then um, just working on IRAs and kind of balancing retirement type stuff and yep. continuing to save. So that's the main goals right now. But um, yeah, and figuring out so what we want to do. So do you have like, I always, I always suggest people have like set numbers on things they want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I want to pay the car down to only a 4000 on it and I want right. to have my you know, retirement account to this and my net worth to this. Like, do you have, do you think about those goals at all or? Um, a little bit net worth. I mean, there's kind of a number there just kind of following the 4% rule. Yeah. Um, but not really a hard set number. I mean, just looking at kind of what we've spent over the past six months and kind mm-hmm. of averaging it out and looking at that. So there's kind of a number there. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not a hard number. And I mean, if I hit that number, I might be like, ah, oh, we need a little, you know what I mean? It's but just, it works for you. Yeah, it works for me. And that's it, all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. That's absolutely so, all that matters. Yep. So. Yep. So I'm going to mix it up just a little bit here. Do you have any other comments or anything you want to talk about, about the book, the blog, finance stuff? I don't think so. I think you covered all of it for sure. All right, cool. Um, so we're mix it up just a little bit. Um, what is something you often recommend to people, whether that's books, podcasts, movies, TV shows, whatever? Obviously, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like mm-hmm. anyone wants to get into finance, um, you know, personal finance, Rich Dad, Poor Dad set a tone for me that, you know, probably lead me the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that don't know, it's a story about two, a guy that had two dads, mm-hmm. um, and one was the rich dad and poor dad, obviously, and how they made their choices um, with their finances and how it led their lives. Right. And it's, it's pretty eye-opening. You know, I can I can relate to both sides. Absolutely. You know, people that I see, okay, you know, I, I wouldn't make the decision. I would make that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good book. So that's definitely uh, the top book I would recommend. Um, after that podcast... I think that if you are a money nerd, I think NPR Planet Money is yeah. super good. Mm-hmm. Also, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's super good. Uh, if you're into like entrepreneurship and building businesses, have you ever listened to How I Built This? Yeah. Oh, I love How I Built This. Yeah. That's where I heard the Logic interview. Okay. Um, you should. Definitely I did not know that. he was on there. Okay. I haven't, yeah. I haven't listened in a while. I kind of let it build up, and then whenever yep. um, we go on road trips, so that's one my wife really likes too. So. Super good. Uh, so off of like the business and money movies, I watched um, Get Out. Okay, I still haven't seen that. My brother's been recommending it for a while, but... I I thought it would be overhyped. Really good? Super good. So Thursday night, we're going to go watch Us. Okay, I was about to say, yeah, that just came out. But, man, it was a great movie. Okay. Um, Really, really good. I'll be watching both of those soon, then. Yeah, yeah, definitely definitely should watch it. Music-wise, man, it's... I'm a really basic guy. Yeah. I'm from from Newton, so I'm a country music kind of guy. uh, But I'll go all over the place. Yeah, for sure. I usually write articles to uh, Harry Potter music. Oh yeah, just playing in the background. Yeah, I do. Uh, I work to a lot of like Lord of the Rings soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's <laughs> it works. And it, you know, I don't I don't start singing and like get off right. the track, and it's it's really good. Instrumentals. So. Yep. What is your favorite failure in any aspect of life? So definitely the uh, the corporate change. Yeah, was probably the hardest failure I've had. Um, I thought that. I had things kind of figured out. I figured out what you know what I wanted to do, and I was moving and all these cool things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, you know, long story short, couldn't come to an agreement. 
so just went our separate ways and uh it was devastating yeah i was embarrassed i was frustrated i was you know a lot of self-pity looking back oh yeah uh, i felt really bad for myself and you know looking back was probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me yeah Uh, like i mentioned earlier it really taught me that no one's gonna look out for me but myself Mm -hmm. we all have family and friends and girlfriends and spouses that that care about us and love us and want the best for us but at the end of the day it's on you like it's on you to do the things you want to do and take care of the things you want to take care of right and that taught me that so nice favorite failure by far now in hindsight good lesson yeah for (laughs) sure uh did was that purely like internal what what i mean did other people have a similar perspective where people like oh man like you couldn't make it in the corporate world or what what happened or anything Uh, like that it was a lot internal yeah uh i had some external pressure from a past girlfriend yeah definitely but it was a lot internal like i like my pride felt hurt yeah um you know I i thought i'd put it all out there and did a great job and just to see it gone in an instant was like right. what sucks yeah for sure great learning lesson though so right i know personally like growing up and even now like i'm harder on myself than anybody else's oh yeah be me too me. so anything any pretty much any aspect of life i'm gonna be harder on myself so me i'm too. sure that was the same uh what is your definition of success that's a tough one um can i ask you a question first yes what's your definition of luck of luck yes um, I, I haven't really thought about that. That's a good question too. Um, I, th- I think all too often yeah. that, uh, luck and success are synonymous with each other. Yeah. And I think that that's a problem. So I always ask people what the, what their definition yeah. of luck is. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe just off the top of the head, just you find things that are going your way. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, a lot of people are like, man, I just have bad luck. And like, you have all the good luck to whoever they're talking to, yeah. but it's like, you're setting yourself up for that. Like hard work's going to bring more good luck. If you're just sitting around, yeah, you might not have a lot of good luck. But if you're working your butt off, I mean, you might have more of that. Luck. So can I ask you a personal question? Sure. Do you think that meeting Candace was good luck? Yes, absolutely. I, but, I would agree. I would absolutely and, agree. I mean, it was lucky we went to the same high school and middle school. Yep. Like we had no control over that. Complete luck. It was, I mean, lucky meeting each other through mutual friends. I yep. mean, I would say that's luck. So do you think that you guys getting married and, you know, now is lucky? No. I, I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've been in relationships and yeah. other people have. Like, it's a lot of work to be in a relationship. Uh, and, absolutely. But, yeah, I do I do think to start it off it was luck. But, yeah, that's a good, good way. I've never really thought about it like that. Yeah. But. I've been, like, struggling with this a lot. Um because people are like, oh, you're so lucky you have a book, and oh, you're so lucky. And I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't feel lucky. Uh, I think there's, there's, there's two things I think about. I think about this a lot. It's kind of weird. But uh, I feel like I'm lucky that I was born in the U.S., mm. that I was mm-hmm. born in a free society that I can make a lot of choices. I feel lucky um, that I have a really supporting family. Like, my parents are great. My sister's great. Brother-in-law's great. Mm-hmm. Girlfriend's great. I have people that really support me. Those things, I think, are lucky. Mm-hmm. But after that, you know, I don't think it's really luck. Right. I think that often, and this, I don't think people do this on purpose, but I think they undermine someone's hard work by saying it's lucky. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Uh, you know, you're not lucky that this podcast is getting better. You know, you're you're putting in the work, you're interviewing people, you're going home and editing this mm-hmm. probably, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're adjusting the tones and you're marketing it. Like, it's, that's not luck. Mm-hmm. That's that's hard work, and that right. So I don't think people do it on purpose. Right. But I think, oh yeah. I think luck being synonymous with success is is not right. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, definitely, definitely not right. So back to your question. Yeah. I, I went on that huge tangent. But no, man, that was good. I think about awesome. that a ton. Uh, I think success is just is building the life you want mm-hmm. um, through hard work. You mm-hmm. know, I have two friends whose spouses had had good jobs. You know, went through went through school, had good jobs, and immediately after were like, you know, I don't want to do this. And went back to school. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people view that as like, well, you know, they don't know what they're doing. And I, in my mind, I'm like, they're successful. Yeah. Because you're now in fields, um, one went to nursing and one went to teaching that they love mm-hmm. and they enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's awesome. I think that's success. Yeah. You know, if you want the if you want the house with the white picket fence around it, and that's what you makes you happy. That's success. Right. So, whatever makes you happy and go, I think is your version of success. Right. So. It's whatever you need it to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It really is. And a lot of it is, I mean, it sounds almost cliche, but like the journey is the way, like yeah. progress. I don't know. And I found that to be true. I mean, if you're working on a project and like you're writing a book, like yeah, it took a lot of work and you did a little bit every day and it now you have a book and yeah. not that many people can say that. And so it's just, I think it's just making progress every day, like kind of figuring out what you want to do. That might not be the end goal, but you're striving towards something yep. and making progress on that goal. And something I struggle with, and maybe you do too, is, is recognizing those, those small successes. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you're your harshest critic. So yeah. am I. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very hard on myself. But trying to get better about recognizing those little successes. So something I've started doing is like documenting everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I recorded a voiceover for a spreadsheet help, and I recorded it on a microphone. But I also set my iPhone up and recorded yeah. it, uh, just the video, which mm-hmm. I'll never share with anyone probably. Yeah. But to be able to go back and watch that in the future That's and say, cool. you know, that's where I was. Here, where I am now, like I should right. feel successful. Very cool. It's, yeah, it's definitely something that's hard, though. Um, one thing my wife got me for Christmas was just uh, kind of a goal notebook type yeah. deal, and so it it gives you like the month. What are your goals for the month? What's your like pursuit, main pursuit? Yep. Um, what's the and then it breaks down by week, and then at the end of the week, and then in the month, you kind of review where you were at. Yep. And for me and like my personality type, like that has been fantastic yeah. to help see because it only makes you put like three points for the week, three points per day. But for me, like I might not get something done. Cause I'll, I try to do too much. So it's like me breaking too. it down into me like too. smaller steps, like yep. email this person, yep. do this, like set this up, schedule this. And yep. so it's just like it's little small wins. And then it's like, once you get in a roll, you're like, Oh, I can do a little bit more today or okay, yeah. this is a pretty good week. And then over, I mean, now almost three months into the year, it's like, okay, I've gotten a lot more done because That's I've fun. just taken it step by step. And you recognize them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, I'm, I'm a few, I'm a forward thinking guy. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you, I'm guessing you are mm-hmm. too. But to be able to see that, it's just like, okay, I've done a ton. I should, yeah. you know, I should feel good and For be sure. happy. So yeah, success is a tough one though. Success and luck. It just yeah. they rattle my brain. You know? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That was really good. I like that. Um, do you have a life motto you live by or what's some of the best advice you received? Um, I, I have a life motto, I guess. A mm-hmm. uh, buddy and I in, co- in college kind of coined this together. Um, and it was, it was started around just working out mm-hmm. and it morphed into everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just, there's nothing to it, but to do it. Yeah. Uh, basically like just do it, but there's nothing yeah. to it, but to do it. I like it. And you know, it's like, well, I can go do this or this and I'm tired. And it's just like, there's nothing to it, but to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was like to kill procrastination and just get things done. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's true. Like, we waste a bunch of time doing stuff that we don't need to be doing when we could just 
get the stuff we need to get done fast. Nice. I like that. Think about how much time we waste on like doing dishes because we think about how much we don't want to do the dishes. Right. It's like, just do it. There's nothing to it but to do it. Right, so right. That's the life motto. Um, what's the best piece of revi- advice you've received? Ooh. Nobody, people don't flip this one around on me very often. Because so. this, everyone, I mean, everyone has good advice, mm-hmm. I think, so. Um, I think, I don't know if it's like a specific piece of advice, but just kind of something that, I have kind of evolved over time with, I guess. Um, like I used to take stuff not too seriously. I take things seriously, but yeah. like if something goes wrong, it's just like stay positive. Like I think just being positive in general. Yeah. So I don't know if it's not really advice, but like just being around people that are positive and like you really are like a summation of like the five people Abs- you spend the most absolutely. people with. And so, um, and that's just something I try to do. Like something bad happens, I'm I'm try try to be the first person to be like, okay, well, what what can I do about that? Yeah. And so I think that's probably one of the main things. In a positive manner. Yeah. In yeah. a positive manner. Yep. Yeah. Because I mean, like I said, I used to. Be, I mean, I'm still hard on myself, but I used to be really hard on myself, and I would have those negative thoughts, and they don't get you anywhere. I mean. No. So it, it leads to more negativity. Right. Exactly. Um, something I've definitely learned over the years. Hmm. Um, what is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life? Um, I would honestly say probably working out. Yeah. Uh, it definitely has, you know, the endorphins are real. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not a scientist or anything, but <laughs> when I come home after I go to the Y or wherever, man, it's just like, I feel so good. Yeah. Um, productivity goes up. I will do things I didn't want to do before. Uh, so definitely being, do, doing that routinely, mm-hmm. uh, I don't do anything crazy, but has just, improve my life yeah and it translates over to everything you know if you build that habit you're gonna build the habit of other things mm-hmm. um, so I, th- I definitely suggest everyone at least move yeah. some some part during the day uh, somehow yeah so. yeah I feel that a couple weeks ago I had the flu so I was out for a week and then yeah. I was traveling so I got like one workout in while I was traveling and so yep. like I just start to feel crappy when I haven't worked um, out in a while and I, I usually just lift weights I don't do a ton of cardio but it's just like when I'm done, like you said, like I just feel awesome yep. compared to not working out for that long. Um, do you have a morning routine? Anything special? I am a, absolutely not a morning person. Yeah. Uh, you see all these articles on like all these websites. It's like Warren Buffett wakes up at 3 a.m. to get all this <laughs> stuff done. You know, Oprah wakes up at 4 a.m. Right. It's like, I no, no. Not you. <laughs> uh, I go to work at 7, so I wake up about 6.20. Yeah. Uh, I throw my pants on and grab some Pop-Tarts. Yep. And I feed my dog and let him out, mm-hmm. and I'm out the door. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't do mornings well. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd have a routine after work, I guess, but not. Right, not, not in the morning. Mornings. Not in the morning. Um, what is your favorite part of Wichita? Or is there a hidden gem in Wichita restaurant or anything, really? I think Wichita has a lot of things that, people don't know about Mm -hmm. i think that are becoming more public um personally i'm trying to be more proactive about getting out this year and seeing things like last week i took the dog to the nature center Mm -hmm. uh north of north of town a little bit never been there before amazing place really cool don't allow dogs didn't know that i I I heard that too i didn't know i just played it off but i won't do it again uh (laughs) but i didn't know that so stuff like that you know um, I think there's tons of things to do everywhere. The new chicken and pickle is going to be awesome. Chicken and pickle is awesome. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. I've been, I've been a few times. Really? So yeah, it's cool. I haven't been to the, like the outdoor has, it's been kind of too cold when I've yeah. been, but now that it's nice out, it looks packed and it looks, all, I mean, it's a lot of fun. Is it all done? Is it all? Uh, yeah. I think everything's open now. So I need to go there. You need to go. It's I fun. definitely need to go there, but I think there's, there's so many little hidden gems, especially downtown. Like 
Oh yeah. Places to eat and things to like see and go to. A lot of things that are free. Mm-hmm. Like this library we're in right now. I had no idea it was here. Yeah. I, I could definitely come here on a weekend or after work since I work down the road yeah. and get an article done. No oh, problem. for sure. Yeah. Because it's quiet. You know, everyone's in here working. It's but no one knows about it. So. Right. The cool balcony that looks over the river. Yeah. Like, like it's it's a pretty cool yeah. place. As far as like a hidden gem though, like a restaurant. Sure. La Galette is my hundred percent okay. favorite place. I'm in there. So it is right over here on Douglas. Mm-hmm. It is a little French cafe. Okay. I think they might only be open for lunch. Super good. Okay. Um, no one really hears about it, but they no, I haven't really they heard have about amazing it food. Um, it's a little, I mean, there's a little French family that runs a little cafe. Wow, that's so, really cool. Yeah, everyone should check out La Galette. <laughs> I'll have to see if my brother and his girlfriend, if it's up oh, to yeah, Fran- it's French just, snuff. <laughs> you should, because I think they're like super French. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I'll definitely recommend that. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, just kind of a side note, but have you, are you familiar with Wichita by EB? Yes. So I started following them on, on Instagram okay. a couple weeks ago. His blog's incredible. Um, and he's eaten everywhere in town. And I every time he tags place he eats, uh-huh. I click on it. Yeah. Like he had ribs today, I think I saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where, the, where is this at? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm making a list, um, and I'm definitely going to start going to more of those places. Yeah. Because I haven't even had um, Ziggy's until really? like three weeks ago. Yeah, Ziggy's is good. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit, of bad habits. We're, we're pretty bad, too. We live over at, like, uh, east side of town, and so it's so easy to go to, like, Freddy's or Chick-fil-A yeah. or yep. wherever. Um, places that we go, we can go anywhere and get, but yeah. it's like we do try to get out of our little bubble and yep. um, go eat at, um, like, Molino's or some somewhere that's Wichita-specific. Molino's is great, so... The thing I did in Atlanta that was really helpful was I, I would make a list and I told myself I had to go to one of these once a week. Mm-hmm. And like having that physical list forcing myself. Right. You know, I'm always like, Oh, I'll go try that someday and never go there. Right. But yeah, I did that with we would do it with George's. Have you been to George's? Yeah. George's um, is awesome. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they the wine's good. That place is incredible. <laughs> yeah, this place is awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool places that just people don't see. Right. Right. It's crazy. Um, there's a, a one of our followers on Instagram sent us a list and I'll have to I think I put it on our story, but I'll have to put it on the actual post. But it's like the – I don't know who put it together either, but it's like a bucket list for Wichita for the summer. Yeah. And so it's like, have you been to the library? Have you been to a local coffee shop? Have you done so-and-so attend, like, Open Streets ICT? And so there's, like, I don't know, 25 things on there. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to – Yeah, definitely. Good idea. I'm going to screenshot that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll put it out as a post so everyone can see that. Um, is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't? Or what would you improve about Wichita if you had the um, keys to the city? From, like, a high-level view, I wish we had a Top Golf. <laughs> I, I've heard rumors in the world. I heard a rumor, like, two years ago about, oh, like, yeah. a drive or something. It's like a Top Golf competitor thing, type deal. Yeah. yeah. But I, I enjoy that. I, I like to golf a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely would enjoy one of those. I think from like a high level point of view, I think that the Q line. Have you ever taken the Q line? Uh, only once, honestly. I need to do that. More I don't often. even know where it runs. I just know it runs down Douglas. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it goes. But like it's free to you know go eat at uh, Dempsey's right. and then take the Q line downtown. I think that's awesome, and I think yeah. I don't think people really understand that or take advantage of stuff right. like that. So it's more stuff like that would be awesome. Yeah, and then more of embracing the downtown and the walking. Mm-hmm. I think people are obviously super against that, especially now with the new baseball stadium. Right. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It, I, I've seen all the prints. It is going to be awesome. But when I lived in downtown Atlanta, everyone walked everywhere. And yeah. it was just 
that's how it was. And it was got, great. Yeah, they got a lot of backlash about that. Like, oh, we can't walk to the stadium or like whatever. You can't park near. We're gonna have to walk yep. that far. And yeah, again, like you said, Atlanta. But like any other city, pretty Everywhere. much, you have to walk. Like yep. it's not that we big. To, I don't want to offend anybody, but it's not that big of a deal to walk a little bit. Yeah, we went to the Triple A game in Corpus. Yeah, the hooks. The hooks. Yeah. <laughs> Great time. <laughs> it was interesting. Two dollar beer night on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was great. But what does Wichita mean to you? I think Wichita, um, you know, a lot of people say home on this, but I, I think to me it more it means more opportunity. Yeah. I, you know, I lived in Atlanta, lived in downtown Atlanta, I lived outside of it. It was great there. But the abilities and the opportunities you have in such a, you know, big small city Mm -hmm. there's still a million people in this metropolitan area almost Mm -hmm. you know and everyone's like oh i want to go to new york or those major you know all these major cities which you can you know enjoy that but like the opportunities here are endless right whatever you want to do you can find someone that's done it probably Mm -hmm. and connect with them pretty easily right so i think your opportunities are just insanely endless you know i was golfing one day and this group in front of us was a guy that owns a commercial real estate company in town and we talked and I got his number and it was like that that doesn't happen right. in a big city you know stuff like that it's just people need to understand so right. I, I didn't understand it until I moved back yeah you know I same tra- I mean pretty much yeah. I tried to do things in Atlanta and I, I would just get nowhere I wouldn't you know I wouldn't get a call back or an email right. back and here it's like you can meet with pretty much anyone yeah pretty quickly and I think just to add on that like good luck making an impact on New York or on Atlanta yeah. or on LA. Oh yeah. But you could make an impact on Wichita. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. hundred percent. And there's guys doing it that are, you know, guys and girls that are, are mm-hmm. young doing this, that are making huge impacts. Right. Which is not going to happen in a big city. Right. Usually. Right. I mean, even like, I mean, Pizza Hut started here. Like yeah. A lot of big stuff has started here. Yeah. And, and you know, Freddy's and White yeah. Castle and all these you yeah. know, huge brands. And I, I think that, People need to understand that if they want if they want to build a huge business specifically, they can do it here. Mm-hmm. Like you can absolutely do it here so. for sure. Uh, do you have any final comments or calls to action to the Wichita area, uh, whether it's just about Wichita or about finances? I think people need to take chances and embrace change. Those are, those are like the two biggest things I believe in. Um, you know, if, if change happens and and you can't you can't affect it. And don't be negative about it. I think mm-hmm. just embrace the change. Do yep. stay positive, like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Like negativity doesn't help negativity. Um, so embrace the change, and, and take chances. You know, if you want to build a better life, do other things. You know, take a chance. Right. Because what's the worst gonna, that's going to happen? You know, some of the best advice I've gotten ever uh, is actually from my dad, and he was like, you know, no matter what you ask, the worst answer you're ever going to get is no. Mm-hmm. Like so, take the chance, try it. So that's something I definitely believe in. Um, is what's the worst that's going to happen here, you know? For sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, where can people find you on social media? So I'm a big fan of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Twitter a lot. So you can find me there, uh, at Shelby Grosh. I think the easiest way to connect with me and have it be more about personal finance is actually through the email list. Uh-huh. So uh, the easiest way to do that is just go to youngdumbandnotbroke.com, and it's right halfway down the page, and you can sign up. I don't spam people. It's just usually it's just a weekly email of articles I've written, kind mm-hmm. of a recap, but also throw in other things. You know, that's where uh, people found out about the scholarship. Right. Um, 
and those people on that list are going to have first dibs at the product I put out later this year. Cool. And they'll probably get like 50% off because I want some feedback before I do a full launch. Right, so right. if you're interested in Very cool. giving me some harsh feedback, <laughs> please. Very cool. All right, man. Well, I really appreciate you sitting down with me and I'll link up your website and social media and stuff like that. So um, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you to everyone who stuck it out and listened to this episode of the Wichita Live podcast. Thanks to the local Wichita band, The Caves, for use of their song. You can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes at wichitalifeict.com. If you have any comments or recommendations for our podcast, feel free to contact us at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, hasta luego.